All right, so we're here today. This is Bob. And this is Jordan. And we're going to talk today about uh, what my original idea was for podcast to get started all these months ago was to talk about suicide and the difference between is it a personal decision and is it what what really is behind it is life worth living like the myth of sisyphus talks about in the first chapter or is there something more deep and underlying to the whole idea of how we live this life and well frankly how we go out i don't know is that a is that too harsh no not at all i don't i mean we're talking it's you know it's a serious subject and there but there's no reason to like <clears throat> sugarcoat it and not say what we mean with uh with this kind of thing but um it's a complicated issue i mean you say like oh is it a personal decision or is this something that well obviously at the end of the day no matter what anyone else thinks it's obviously a personal decision that's kind of because nobody it, it's ultimately the decision of the person yeah whose life it is and so yeah obviously ultimately it is a personal decision now it affects other people you well, know. it's a it's a ripple effect it oh, really yeah, is absolutely but um i think one of the most interesting parts of the entire concept is that we like to think of individuality and somebody's life as their own and you know oh i you know like get your laws off my body and all this different stuff right that's pretty predominant in our culture that like you know the individual and the individual's decisions about themselves and where it comes to their own body and their own mind and their own life is pretty uh or should be sacrosanct this seems to be an idea that we apply to a lot of different areas but when it comes to suicide um, yeah, there seems to be a, a distinct effort to tell people that their life isn't actually their own. Now, I'm not, like, advocating for suicide, so to speak, but um, I'm, I definitely am somebody who always errs on the side of individual freedoms, even when that comes to something as, as sad as this. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, it's it, it, there's so many different facets and opportunities here in the exploration of what you what we could do here. I mean, you know, you have so you have these groups like we talked about previously. You have who's suicide prevention hotline. You have veterans. You have just the regular suicide prevention hotline. And you have one special for for LGBTQ and then transgender because they have their own specific channel that they need to focus through, you know? And it's, but those folks who call those are looking for solutions for problems. Sure, yeah, 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 they're, they're I mean, they may be depressed, they may be contemplating suicide. That's generally, I imagine, the kind of middle ground that you're going to be in where you would actually where you might call a suicide prevention hotline yeah now that's not to say that like somebody who's like in the throes of it and are about to kill themselves couldn't possibly like have let me give this one more like, try right like let me call this but by and large i would assume and you know it's you know it's absolutely an assumption 
that um, the people who are calling these suicide hotlines and um, are people who are kind of on the middle ground about it. You know, they're, I'm for sure, they're probably pretty depressed, they're having lots of issues, they're contemplating suicide as an option, right? And they're like, okay, let me get some more information. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to do it. Maybe somebody can talk me out of it, right? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that? Great. Those people probably don't want to commit suicide anyway. Yeah. You know? Really. Like they might think about Ultimately, it as an option. Yeah. I'm sure lots of people, you know, I've thought about it as an option. You've thought about I've, it as yeah, an option. Yeah, definitely. More than and once yeah, in my this life. Is, and, you know, I think this is part of the universal human experience because you're granted this experience. And um, for the most part, it's yours to do with as you please. Um, and so I think it's natural to, at certain points, think, well, if this is my experience, to control how I want, and I'm done with it. I'm done with this experience. <clears throat> I don't know if I inherently, I don't know if I believe that there's inherently anything wrong with that either. It's, um, <clears throat> I mean, personally, I don't want that. I, for me personally, I think that there's something wrong with that. I'm saying in a general sense, I, I, I couldn't tell somebody emphatically, like, you don't want to be here anymore, but, like, that's not your decision to make or something strange like that. Or, like, although you feel this way, you know, it's because, I don't know. Yeah, sure, 99.8% of the people are probably like, hey, you feel this way now, but, you know, why don't we talk some about your life, try to figure out some of these things that are causing you to, you know, think that this is the only option, and then you'll probably find that there's solutions to be had, you know? But at the end of the day, it's not anyone else's decision. Yeah, well, that's you. That's actually very true. You just have to, do, you, you know, it's you hope that the person has, you know, will take an opportunity to look at the different perspective of the ripples that they lay behind them. You know, and, and some people think that their life is so bad that it just, they just bring pain and suffering to people. Sure. And they don't and want <coughs> that to continue. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, those people are probably the ones most, you know, in need of like this kind of come to Jesus realization type moment, right? Because that's not true. Even some of the crappiest people around have people that are going to be sad if they yeah. if they fucking kill themselves. But I'm <clears throat> there's a small there's going to be a small percentage of people that go like yeah no I know that I'm not that's not my concern like and I don't inherently think that like the people that you leave behind when you die are. Or should be of a major concern. There we go. So, yeah, I mean, you just... It's not to say that, like, you should not be concerned about how your actions affect other people. Obviously, you should. My point in saying that is just to say that I don't know that if you are actually seriously considering ending your own life, then... The thoughts and feelings of the people that you leave behind 
should not be your primary concern. The prime, your primary concern should be yourself. Why do I feel like it's time for me to leave? Why do I feel like that's necessary? Because those people, your loved ones, your wife, your daughter, your husband, your father, your mother, whatever, they're still just externalities. And if you're using them to justify your life or your death, then like you're screwing something up. You can't, I just don't think that you're gonna go like go around leading a full life making decisions in that way. Well, you have to live, you have to realize that living for other people to be happy isn't the path to happiness. Well, no. Because it's not, they're being be happy, miserable. they're being happy isn't any of their business. Uh, there's a guy named, um, oh boy, I'm gonna lose his name now. <clears throat> He's a self-help guy. He's a leadership guy. Um, I can see his face, but anyway. Is he really tall? Is his name Tony Robbins? No, not Tony Robbins. Um, but um, he and his wife went to this conference one time, and his wife was asked to speak to, a, you know, they broke into groups, and his wife was asked to speak to the women of the group, I don't, you know, so this is how they broke up. And somebody asked his, this man's wife, well, does your husband make you really happy? And and he was watching this, and he put it in one of his books. Yeah. And he, he, she said, well, no. Hopefully my not. My husband doesn't make me happy. I, that's my job, to make myself happy. Uh -huh. He contributes to my happiness, but it's ultimately my job to be happy. Well, his job is, like, or at least the way that I try to see it in my marriage, is like, I'm, my wife's happiness is not my responsibility. I'm never going to be able to make her happy, um, or by the same token, like make her sad. Like, I can love her to the best of my abilities and try to create a positive environment where she can find her own happiness. But like, nothing I do is going to make her completely fulfilled. She's still her own individual person. I could be the best husband on the planet, and if she's not doing whatever she needs to do to be fulfilled you know then I'm not doing it you know it's not gonna matter yeah well I mean it's the whole saying of happy wife happy life it's like <clears throat> really what how much do you want to sacrifice your own happiness because you know your wife doesn't want steak one night and you do <laughs> well, who cares just make two things I know but like yeah, exactly this is <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, the idea that somehow you are responsible for the way other people feel or that other people are responsible for the way that you feel. Okay, that's, well, that's, that's a fucking, that's, that's, that's bullshit. bullshit yeah. That's a fucking falsehood. And we use it all the time. Oh, you made me so angry. Oh, you did this and you made me sad. Or you, you, I... You know, oh, you did this wonder, you this wonderful thing, and it made me so happy. Mm, not exactly. That's not exactly what's going on, right? Yeah. That's not to say that we can't find like joy and fulfillment and right. happiness in the relationships that we have with other people. Well, I mean, real say the the correct phrase is, "Oh, wow, you helped me release endorphins that made me feel happy." <laughs> well, I'm just saying that 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 release of endorphins, that emotional state then it is the individual's responsibility, period. Yeah. I'm not placing the responsibility 
for the way that I feel, which is an, an internal event, on somebody else. Right. Well, you have to, but and and you also have to realize that that there, you know, you you also have to realize in your life that if you think your life is so hard that you can't go on with it, you really need to stop and think about and realize that somebody else has done this before you. You know, somebody else has come along and they may have committed suicide for the same reason that you're thinking about it. But I guarantee you, there's somebody who has survived what you're going through. And has made the most of their life because they've realized that it's their responsibility to make themselves happy and choose and find their own path to happiness. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> whatever, I mean, we say this happy, make somebody else happy, make you happy, blah, blah, blah. But like, there's lots of things that are like trite pleasantries, right? that might make you quote unquote happy. And you can go and do that for another person. But there's nothing like, you're not ever going to provide them a great deal of meaning and fulfillment unless you're in some sort of odd codependent relationship. That's not to say that you can't have a fulfilling marriage, right? I my marriage is fulfilling but it's not something that is going to be the entirety of what fulfills you yeah saying my marriage is fulfilling is not the same thing as saying i as a whole person am fulfilled you see yeah so like i can look at something and say like oh i want to you know do everything that i can to provide my wife with a loving environment and be the most fulfilling supportive partner that she can have but that that doesn't translate simply because I am being fulfilling in our marriage and that I am fulfilled in our marriage that somehow she is as a complete person fulfilled that's not it and this is what people think and they try to gain fulfillment from all these different externalities and it's not there you're never going to be completely fulfilled in your, you know in your job you're never going to be completely fulfilled in your marriage like you may be fulfilled in those things but you will never be completely fulfilled as an individual by those things or because of those things right exactly you can go i find my job fulfilling it's very different than i am fulfilled yeah. And the same thing could be said about marriage or any other relationship or any other fucking externality. Yeah. The whole of like having a purpose and finding fulfillment in your life, that's you. That's your own responsibility. That That's not to be provided or supplied by externalities, either events or relationships. Or that's how I think about it anyway. I, th I think that um, we spend way too much time not being responsible for ourselves, whether it be good actions or bad actions, you know, e or even just the mundane things of our lives. Well, a lot of, I mean, I think this is because of this common notion that, like, 
you're responsible for the way all these people feel. Like I'm responsible for my girlfriend's happiness. I'm responsible um, for um, you know my child's happiness. I'm responsible for this, that, or the other. No, you're responsible for yourself, and that's plenty of responsibility, right? But the thing is, is that when people start placing all of these false responsibilities on themselves, like, oh, I'm responsible for my husband's joy. And uh, you got to... You know, you've got... people essentially going around trying to do all of these things and never doing it for themselves. And that's the only person they can do that for. That's the only person. Right. The only person that you can figure out and fulfill is yourself. Truly, yeah. that's it. And you spend all this time running around and thinking that you're going to, you know, uh, make your wife fulfilled and make your child happy and you're not going to do any of those things. You can treat them with love and kindness and provide a wonderful environment to have a great relationship in. Yeah. But you're never going to fulfill them. You're never going to make them happy. You can only do that for yourself. And if you're running around trying to do it for everyone else, chances are you're not going to be able to do it for yourself well, I mean, and you're not going to be able to provide an environment for the people around you where they can do it for themselves. Well, it's like the, you know, for all intents and purposes, the government... <laughs> Gives me the conversation about addiction. If you're not doing, if you're not actually trying to get clean and sober, I mean that's a, comp, you know, this is a compartmentalized conversation from something else we've talked about. But one of the things that you learn is that if you're not doing this for you, if you're not doing the recovery it's for matter. yourself, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work at all. And it's the same thing, like with your fulfillment, your happiness, well, yeah. your yeah. joy. These well, are things that are your responsibility and. It's also important, very, very important, and I already said it and I'll say it again, that like you cannot provide these things to other people. You can only provide other people with love and a positive environment and encouragement where they can provide that for themselves. Yeah. Well, the, it's more fulfilling in life to say, you know, if, you, if you're not willing to take responsibility or to do it for yourself, you give yourself an out when you fail. So, well, I couldn't do this, and so, and I was doing this for you. And so that's your fault that I couldn't do it. That's it in your mind. You might say it. You might, excuse me, you might not say it. But it does give you an out. Whereas if you're doing it for yourself and you're being honest with yourself, you're going to be able to say, oh, well, I fucked this up. I need to fix it. Maybe. Maybe. You know, Maybe. Hopefully. You have, to, you have to be able to, but you have to be able to take responsibility for yourself. Well. And that's part of the trip, you know. Yeah. I mean, personal responsibility is not high on our society's priority list currently. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's to the detriment of everyone's ultimate joy and fulfillment. And, you know, when society is lacking in personal responsibility, consequently you're lacking in meaning, personal meaning and fulfillment, true and actual joy, then we have this problem that we have with, you know, suicides and Violence amongst this, you know, people and oh yeah, and not accepting each other for who they are and you know being incapable of loving each other and forgiving each other. 
Well, that's once again because people are worried about other people. I tell this is something I tell my daughter almost constantly because she's seven, and you know she's always you know thinking about this, that, or the other, and worrying about what this person's doing or that person. I just I have to tell her all the time, worry about yourself. Stop worrying about them. Stop worrying about what I got for to eat or this snack or this thing or this treat or this toy that your friend had. Worry about yourself. You want to know the fucking secret to joy and happiness and fulfillment? Stop worrying about everyone else. Worry about yourself. Yeah, I, I keep telling my stepdaughter, um, I really, I, I, she says, well, I, want, I wish I had this, I wish I had that. And I said, I said, wouldn't it be easier or nicer to say, wow, maybe someday I can have something like this or maybe maybe we could think about getting something like this later, you know? Instead of always, you know, living on the, oh, poor me, I can't have this, you know, precipice of the cliff of, you know, you know, I'm, you know, poor, poor, pitiful me, I can't have, you know, I, I can't have whatever a Whatever toy that my friend has at I school. I can't have whatever. a corgi. Yeah. <laughs> like, I always just say, like, why do you want, why? I, with my daughter, I gotta ask, I always try to ask the why, like, I want this, I want X, Y, Z. I want this thing. Okay, why do you want that? I've a lot of the time it's because somebody had it or somebody on TV had it or somebody that she saw had it, right? Yeah. And so that's just like going, okay, I saw that this other person had it and it looked like it'd be fun. And I mean, it's not the worst reason ever, but it's not a good one. Yeah. You know? So just tell her like, who cares what they had? Like, do you think that it would somehow make your life significantly better? Well, yeah. I ask Olivia, what, is, what are you going to give up? What are you willing to give up for it? I don't always get to ask her that, but so I like to I like to ask her that. I want this. Like well, what are you willing it. to What are you willing to give up to get that? Do you actually want it? Yeah, it's an interesting question, right? You'd be like, okay, because there's always there's always a yes somewhere. Yeah, if you're willing to do whatever it takes to get something, there's always a yes. But like most people don't actually want the things that they say they want. And we've talked about that before too when I was talking about like, you know, financial security or a healthy marriage or, um, you know, whatever, a better relationship with their daughter or whatever. If you say, oh, I want X, guaranteed there's a way to get it. Yeah. There's always a way to get that. Right. So if you don't, if you're not working towards it, like actively going, oh, this is a very achievable goal. I wanted this thing, and then I said, okay, here it is. I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z. We'll get there. Unless you're doing that, and you just, it's just a time factor. You don't actually want it. If you're not doing the things to get the thing that you say, if you're not doing the work to get the thing you say you want, then you don't want it. Stop saying you want it. Exactly. Yeah. The same is true with anything. You know, I don't know how to get it. Okay. You, we're all blessed, extremely blessed, I believe, to live in a time where you can pull, I won't say the whole of human history and intelligence, but at least a good portion of the, like a good chunk of the entirety of human history and intelligence and learning in your pocket. 
and you can pull it out and you can ask whatever question you want. <laughs> and you can figure out literally how to do pretty much whatever you yeah. desire. So like the whole concept of like, well, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, most things, most things, most, most people don't know how to do most things. Right. That's fine. And here, and here's what I, here's what I use my, my search on my phone for. Hey, what year did this person die? Oh, what time does this store close? <laughs> Dude, mine's full, chock full of just like crap that Jordan wanted to know. Yeah. That's it. It's like, I want to know. Sometimes it's full of stuff that I wanted to know how to do. That's generally like probably tied with like random shit Jordan wants to know. Random shit Jordan wants to know how to do. And it's all on there though. So like if your excuse is that you don't know how, you're just then fine. Like most people don't know how. That's okay. Most days, if I get up and I go, I want to do X, Y, or Z, unless it's something that I've done previously, I don't know how to do it. But that doesn't stop me from one, making the decision to do it, yeah. and two, going and finding out how. Because there's fucking YouTube and Wikipedia and Vimeo and Google and all of these different like resources and all of these people doing uh, you know DIY stuff and physics experiments and chemistry and fucking uh, digital electronics and analog electronics and economics macroeconomics and microeconomics you can literally go I want to do X whatever it is and you go online and barring a few strange like you know real far out on the fringes type of activities you can pretty much figure out how to do any damn thing you want yeah. But just because the I don't know how to do it or I don't know how to get there excuse for whatever you're trying to accomplish is just the most terrible excuse I've ever heard. Because if you've never done it before, which chances are good, let's be realistic. Like if you had, if you're, if you'd already had a successful marriage, mm -hmm. you'd know how to have a successful marriage, right? Or like if you yeah. already made a million dollars, you'd know how to make a million dollars. So like, of course you don't know how to do this thing that you want. No shit. <laughs> if you knew how to do it, you'd be doing it. Well, there's a lot of motherfuckers out there who have made money not knowing how to do things, just going out and doing. And that's the thing. It's like, if you lit, you can, a lot of the time, this stuff's most things in life tend to be fairly simple. You can just go and start doing them and be successful. It's a fantastic world. Yeah, that's all you gotta just go do it. So I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. So I think that's one of the most amazing things that I get to live to experience. Yeah, is the ability to at least get yourself the preliminary information to start learning whatever you want. And very, very conveniently. Like when I was young, we used to have to go to the fucking library. I'd go to the library. Do a decimal system. Do my fucking research. <laughs> take the notes. Get all my notes compiled. Maybe check out a few books if I wanted some real hard quotes from them. And go home and write up whatever paper I was working on. 
People, did you fucking, all, everybody I tattoo, all, anyone in it, rarely do people even like know what that's about. You know, like, there's such goddamn thing as library research for most fucking kids now. They just pull the fucking phone out or the iPad Start or asking whatever the right and just fucking, oh, who did this or that? You don't even have to know how to type or spell or anything else. You can just cram your fat fucking finger on a button yeah. and just mumble at fucking Siri while she translates your fucking shitty throat tones, you know? Yeah. And then and then she'll tell you what you want to know. Yeah. And then they'll go to Microsoft. You can go to Microsoft or Google Docs and talk into it, and it'll give you little red squeaky lines where you yeah. spell it, you know, or yeah. blue squeaky lines that you have to fix your grammar. That's right, and dude. You just voice to text your whole goddamn mess. You're not going to sit down and type that shit? Yeah. So it's... It's all this stuff. And I think the fact that there's so much technology making these things extremely accessible is also one of the things that feeds into this type of problem by making the situation seem very overwhelming. Well, it might be, you know, it might like, be one of I want this thing, like, God, where's everywhere to look? I, everywhere there's information. Where do I start, right? That's kind of a thing for some people, like, the whole like where do I start conundrum yeah. like how do I even pick one of the billion ways to start this well guess what just pick one that's the answer to that it's yeah. like I don't remember who I was talking to but we were talking to I was talking to my friend and he was talking about um, been having like uh, really really bad like ramping and spasming in his neck and the base of his spine right at the base of his not the base of his spine the where his spine attaches right at the base of his skull and um he's having just spine and neck problems and consequently uh, and then uh, migraine headaches and all these different issues and and he was talking about how like he was basically like bemoaning his situation and no shit I mean he was in a lot of pain but he was talking about how like you can't go and work out but he needs to work out because it's necessary to strengthen his back and his neck so that they don't get unequal and start to cramp and so that doesn't go and so it's like but where do I start you know I gotta get this to do this and I was like here's the you want to know the real answer dude it does not matter where on that big cyclical chart you start. This thing feeds into this thing, feeds into this thing, feeds into this thing. You know why? It doesn't matter where you start because it's all going to go in a big goddamn circle. And wherever you start and start working towards your goal, the goal being, I don't want to experience these terrible migraines anymore. I'm sick of having my back feel like shit and sick of having these problems with my spine, right? I, it doesn't matter if you start with a, a massage. It doesn't matter if you start with your diet. It doesn't matter if you start with uh, your PT and exercise. It doesn't matter if you start with orthotics in your fucking shoes. Literally, just pick a point and start working. Start the, start the doing. Yeah. Because that's the biggest thing for most people is that they don't ever actually start the doing of it. Well, David Goggins, he's a he's an extreme sports guy. He, he's a yeah. We were talking about him before. He yeah. said I saw he said put something on Instagram, and he he was running, and uh, he says just do ten percent more every time. Yep. 
And he says it doesn't have to be 10%. Just do a little more every time. That was when I used to lift all the time. That's what I did. Every single time I would lift, I was not satisfied unless I had gotten one more rep or an extra five pounds or an extra three rep set. Or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't need to like set a new PR every time I would lift for like weight per se, but there was always going to be an improvement. I was either gonna do extra reps or I was gonna do more weight or I was gonna do, you see what I'm saying? There's always something and it's fucking perfect. You know, you always just do a little bit more. Yeah. Cause that's the growth. Yeah. If you wanna know about David Goggins, you need to go back and listen to the, the, uh, the two and a half hour podcast with, um, he did a couple Rogan. podcasts with Rogan, Rogan and they're both the first great. one. The, the first one was I was my mind was blown. Guy's man. a total fucking savage. Oh yeah. But I mean, it's it's a perfect example of what disciplining your mind can do because most people realistically a very yourself. very undisciplined mind. Yeah, doing things for yourself. Right. Yeah. This shit wasn't about anybody else. Exactly. That's fine. Doesn't need yeah. to be. Why would it be? Right, and if you heard what his life was like before he did all this, you'd realize he did this all for himself. It wasn't for, you know, a wife or children or parents. Yeah. He had a horrible childhood, and you know, and but he's that's, amazing. That's, you know? I mean, that's the nature of anything that you know you're gonna do to find that fulfillment or happiness. Like you better be doing it for yourself, otherwise. Yeah. And I don't mean that in like an extremely like narcissistic way, but. There are healthy forms of selfishness. This is not yeah. selfishness to the exclusion of of caring about others. Well, That's so not there's the case. a difference this between is like selfishness so that you can be conscientious of others in yes. a more real, loving way. There, there's a there's a then there's not even a fine line between that and narcissism, because no. narcissism is too far to the other side of that. Well, narcissism is just, I like myself so much. I like myself so much. And I think that I am always more important than everyone else around me mm -hmm. to the point where like, I will do things that are insignificant to please myself that are extremely damaging to somebody else. Right. And that's not, that's not what I'm talking about, obviously, but narcissism yeah. is, you know, that's a whole different thing. I mean, most people in our society could be, you know, I mean, you can be, and you could be narcissistic and still not understand how to do, you know, the concept of what I'm talking about, which is that, like, if you're not finding these things that are truly fulfilling for you, yeah, if you're not, like, leading your life in the way that you know that you should be, not the way that you you lazily want to but the way that you know you should because deep down you know what you need to do to find fulfillment to be fulfilled you know most people have at least an inkling of what that is yes yeah it's you, always there yeah. it's a little bit of the you know it's almost yeah. like the conscience like you know you know yeah i know i should get up and ride my my stationary bike or take the dog for a walk or or eat you know or I can eat this whole pie but pies taste good yeah I know and that's the thing is like okay well the pie tastes good that smiles right now that's the like happiness like the the most 
well, that's like, simplistic level of like happiness compared to like okay, I know that like ultimately this will make me feel better and provide me with like health and wellness and fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah, I have to, yeah. I mean, it's not even about balance. It's just about doing that little bit at a time because as you do, you want less of what distracts you from doing. Mm-hmm. You know, if I eat a candy bar every day and I start losing weight because I've cut back the calories but I still have a candy bar every day, at some point when I've lost a certain amount of weight, I'm not going to want that candy bar anymore because my body doesn't want it anymore. Well, at a certain point, you're, it's just not going to be that appealing. Yeah. Right? I mean, because you habituate yourself to, like, anything. We habituate ourselves in our diet and our relationships and the things that we eat and the things we do. And, you know, we are, you know, it's been said many times, humans are creatures of habit. We definitely are. And we build those habits, you know, consciously or unconsciously, we build the habits. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you... My last, my last year in the Army, I was a creature of habit. I, I got up in the morning after PT or whatever. I got up and went and had two eggs over easy, hash browns, biscuits, and gravy. Three glasses of milk and a glass of orange juice. Had that every morning for 12 months straight because I was living in the barracks, okay? Because my wife had left me. And then at lunch and dinner both, I'd have two cheeseburgers and fries and milk and Pepsi. Literally milk and Pepsi mixed together. Ew. So it's Why? Yummy. it's so different. You know, you drink. Together? So when you drink root beer, we have a root beer float with your daughter, yeah. and you drink the root beer at the bottom. There's no difference from Pepsi and milk and root beer and ice cream. It literally is just creamy Pepsi. That's all it is. Huh. Well, it's all it, it is. That's maybe, it's, it is. maybe it's delicious. Maybe just, I need to go order a Pepsi Spin. There you go. Which the best thing to do is have it with ice cream, and you'll understand. And then you can start drinking with whole milk. You gotta have it with whole milk. The two per, don't use two percent. You just pour water in your shit, then, okay? Anyway, Gross. nobody so, wants to dump water right. in Pepsi. Well, so then what I do is when I get out, I eat dinner, okay? I go back to the barracks and I crash. So about six o'clock, five thirty, six o'clock. after all that fucking. I crash. No, I go to sleep, right? Out. And then somebody come knock on the door at ten, and by ten thirty we're downtown drinking. Yeah. And I mean just blackout fucking drunk, okay? And then I come home at three. Sleep till five on PT days, and they'd come in and wake me up to go run Ready, PT. We go run five miles, yeah, and then I'd work. So I was getting about you know probably six hours of sleep a night with four hours to and then two hours after drinking, and I was in the best shape of my life, yep. you know. But it was a habit. I created that habit, and and after I got out of the army. I gained more weight because I changed my habits. Well, you didn't have a lot of it was physical. But you didn't have the PT habit, right? Yeah, exactly. You didn't have the physical shit, yeah. like you know. And I still ate as many cheeseburgers as I fucking wanted to. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> let's be realistic. Like I don't eat, like I don't eat that great. I have like my quart of like ground up veggies and shit in the morning, and like I'll sometimes forego a soda in favor of water. Yeah. I'll sometimes not eat like a bunch of desserts and sugary and sweet stuff. But like, what did I have last night? I had a 
Well, it was a deer burger, because I made my burgers with deer, but I had ground in like three pounds of bacon into the burger meat. Anyway, my point is, is like, I'm not a super healthy eater. I do a few things. Well, the, and, big, thing, like, the big thing is you drink a lot of water. I drink a shitload of water. But like, I think that like, the reason that I'm look like this is because, mostly because I just do a bunch of shit. It's mostly just the, you know, this and the rock, well, go rock climbing like and go and do this and do that and fucking. And I look like this because I work in a call center. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I work tattooing. I sit down all goddamn day too. Yeah, but you do. You are much more. It's uh, more moving. Sitting yeah, you're. Down. Yeah, more moving sitting down. But, but you're also more motivated by you know the the outdoors. Oh, dude, I've love, lost a lot of I that. I love being outside. I lost a lot of that. And that's the thing. Like any chance I get, if I can go outside and me and my dog can just go like running just in the mountains yeah. or going climbing or backpacking or hiking or hunting or any of this stuff and it's just there's just so much peace yeah out there and it's also it's good for you and it's beautiful yeah I mean I don't there's a win 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 all the way around every time I'm out you know yeah, I and, hear you. but Let's me eat in a, it lets me eat cheeseburgers. <laughs> At least right now. <laughs> My mom tells the story. She tells a story about her doctor when she was a younger woman. Her her doctor was mad. Uh, was her his her doctor's wife was mad because the only thing you really had time to eat during the day was cheeseburger because it was easy to grab, quick to eat, you know. Mm-hmm. And it hit the hit the pyramid, you know, at the time. The government. Yo, you know, that, yeah, the that fucking, fake pyramid, you know. That fucking stupid food pyramid yeah. shit. So, but he would yeah. never put mayo. He put a little mustard on, but never mayo on his burger, right? Uh-huh. So, and she was eating healthy, and his wife was eating healthy, and so she finally talked him into a doctor to get his cholesterol checked because you know, the, you know, doctors are probably just like mechanics and have shitty cars. You know, doctors don't take very good care of themselves and don't eat right. So. She took her cholesterol at the same time, and she ate healthier than he did, and his cholesterol was better than hers. Yeah. Some of it was probably genetic, you know what I'm saying, but she was really pissed because, you know, they were still learning about how cholesterol is working. Oh, they're still learning about it now. I know. You still hear, you hear, used to hear all this bullshit about like, oh, you can't eat saturated fats, and you can't eat this, and you can't eat that because of this with your cholesterol, and now, you know, now they're like, oh, but is it, um... LDL? Is it HDL? Yeah. It's like. Is it, is, it, is it like. Yeah. Don't egg whites actually cancel out the egg yolk? So eat the fucking yolk. Well, here's <laughs> Enjoy the, other, the flavor here's the of the impo- egg. Here's the really important thing that all men should know the cholesterol is one of four precursors for your body to produce testosterone. Okay? So if you're not eating an adequate amount of cholesterol in your diet, you will have low testosterone. Huh. That must be why I have a five-month-old daughter. Yeah. <laughs> got plenty of cholesterol, <laughs> baby. Plenty of cholesterol. That's right. <laughs> the other thing is it's much more likely that um, uh, simple carbohydrates, processed carbohydrates in combination with particular types of fat is what actually causes um, high... Um, bad cholesterol and plaque to build up on arterial walls. It's very little to do with actually consuming cholesterol, which is a little bit counterintuitive, but it's pretty basic dietary science at this point. Consuming cholesterol 
doesn't cause high cholesterol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how, and, and you know, in the 70s they said, don't eat more than two eggs a day. Oh, that's so And stupid. now they're saying, that, well, Weight Watchers, actually their point system, the egg is a zero point food. You can eat as many as you want all day. I don't you listen know? to any of these assholes about any of that stuff. Yeah. Can't Just trust eat, that. You know, we'd Especially, dude, if you were telling me it was one way, you're telling me the sky is, you know, blue, and now I turn around and you're telling me it's red. You lost all credibility, man. You yeah. told me that, like, high cholesterol was caused by eating too much dietary cholesterol. Now you're telling me it doesn't have anything to do with that. You're telling, you just tell me that eggs were bad. Now they're good. You don't fucking know. College Humor had a video about a guy coming back in time and this couple sitting at the dinner table or the breakfast table and him coming through every, you know, for like, like 30 minutes, you know, so at the length of the video, oh, I'm from the future. Don't eat eggs. You can have two eggs. That's it. Co- you know, cook how you like, but you can only have two <laughs> eggs a day. And then he goes, he leaves. And then he comes back. Hey, we found out eggs aren't as bad as you as we thought. You can eat eggs. You can eat all the eggs you want. You gotta no, don't eat this. And then you know, and he comes back like ten minutes, you know, and it changes again. Yeah, and he finally just says, "Hey, look, you're gonna diet sometime. Just eat what you want." <laughs> it's uh, it's so silly though because there's been so much bad science applied in the area of diet, and it's not hard to figure out what a healthy diet is. Yeah. Don't eat shit that didn't exist a hundred years ago. Well, how about if you just eat things in moderation and you don't? You can, yeah. You, you drink a lot of water. With drink, drink, have I a, drink a, a glass of water, of water before you eat. Sit down and have a nice meal. No matter what you want to eat, exercise. You know, relax. Don't hold all your stress in. Read a book. You know, relax. Set your mind free from the world. You know. I think, I mean, that's all part of it. But, I mean, if you want to say, like, how, well, how do I know what's healthy and what's not? What's a healthy diet? I think the literally the easiest way is to just be like, did this exist 100 years ago? Okay, throw, that's dog. All the shit that didn't exist 100 years ago, it's probably fucking dog shit for No you. more fucking donuts, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I Now they probably had donuts. But, like, here's the thing. Like, we're... From a biological standpoint, and we've had this conversation before too, humans haven't changed fuck all. In the, we've been modern humans for the last at least, most conservative estimate, 200,000 years, okay? But our diet hasn't at all stayed consistent. Our diet has changed so drastically in the last 100 years, even in the last like 60 years, 50 years, since yeah. the advent of processed food products, Yeah. right? And freeze-drying freeze food and... Not just freeze-drying food, but having all of these different additives to make it yeah. last longer and stay good and be crispier and taste fresher and not taste like the plastic that we wrapped it in and be a little bit more saltier and have a slightly more enhanced flavor profile, you know, things like monosodium glutamate. They use that to enhance flavor profiles, right? And then, you know, okay, and we got, you know, um, all these different things doing different stuff, you know, this for freshness and this for fucking plasticity and this to make it a little bit more chewy and this thing to make it... And you just 
motherfucker just crammed as much ridiculous shit in there that we probably don't understand any better than we understood yeah. what it took to fucking make a healthy diet to Half begin of what with. we is probably one right? molecule away from yeah. plastic. And you're going to take all that stuff and put it in your body? This is like a biological system that was designed with a certain foods. That's it. it it's not like... I guess yeah it's it's not it's not a you can't infinitely modify the diet of any particular organism and expect it to survive well you know yeah it's like in fucking idiocracy when they're fucking putting brondo on plants right well, the, like judge the have you seen idio idiocracy I gotta watch that ahead you gotta, oh it's so fucking good but they yeah they've come to a point in the future where they don't even drink water anymore. They just drink, drink this sports drink, like it's a spoof on fucking Gatorade, but it's called Brondo. And um, they've come so far, they're watering plants with it and they don't understand why the plants are dying. <laughs> and you laugh at that, like it's, like, cause that's yeah, really I know. fucking it funny, is. It right? Is, yeah. But it's like, but we do that to our bodies and we go, I don't know why they're sick. Yeah, I don't know why I weigh 300 pounds. In, and then you go like, well, that's because you're putting all this shit into your body that it was never designed for. Yeah. That it didn't, it's just not designed to accommodate it, right? Yeah. It'd be like, well, you can take a cow and make it eat grain and it'll make the meat, like it'll make the muscle produce more intramuscular fat, more marbling, yeah. right? And that's highly desirable for steak, but it's also extremely unhealthy for the cow and it makes for an unhealthy fat profile on the animal, right? And it makes for an unhealthy steak. Yes. And, but you know, my point is just, this is true of any living thing on the planet. If you don't give it the food that it evolved to eat, it'll get sick and then it'll die. It's not, that's not just an, it's not just a fucking plants thing. It's an us, Thing and cows and dogs and grass yeah. and plants and mushrooms and everything has to eat what it, it evolved to, eat, to yeah. eat or it will become sick and die. Yeah. That makes sense. That's it. You want to know what a healthy diet is? Take 10 minutes and think from a biological standpoint what you were designed to eat. Think back 30,000 years. That's a healthy diet. Fresh bread in the moderation. Bread. Meat in moderation. Meat? I like meat. Here's the thing about meat. Meat's great, especially if the animals are wild animals that are eating what they're supposed to be eating. Because you can't compare the health profile of somebody who eats meat from the grocery store with the health profile of somebody who eats wild game Wow, that's yeah, been yeah. eating natural forage. Right. Well, Significantly different fat profiles. The deer meat that I eat has a healthier hat, fat profile than does salmon, wild-caught salmon. I, I could agree with that, yeah. And that's red meat, right? Yeah. That, the fat profile in a fucking wild elk is a better fat profile than a salmon. Well, I grew up in Eastern Oregon, Northeastern Oregon. And the deer were grain fed because they could just go over. Oh, and they just the wander in and dig in the, the winter get wheat. In the, yeah, get yeah. in the winter wheat. They got the winter wheat. Yeah. 
so the meat was always really sweet. Oh, yeah. So the first time I ever venison from Idaho out there in the desert, one of them desert deer, <laughs> I was like, what you're the like, hell, what? Dad? This is gross. What is this shit? He goes, like, he's like, oh, you're not used to gaming meat, are you? That's you're all spoiled. That's all I eat, baby. <laughs> that's it. Just what is? What's that thing been eating? Whole lot of hillside grass and bitter brush and sage reed. Sage. They don't eat a lot of sage. They will eat sage. Yeah. But it is not their forage of choice. They don't yeah. like it. They'll eat it, but they don't like it. Yeah. Um, prefer like grasses obviously in the spring times or when it's available in their area and then a lot of bitter brush right and um birds they're omnivorous deer are they'll actually yeah oh yeah they'll eat dead animals they'll well i don't know about dead animals i know they eat birds um they'll like paw up like ground nesting birds probably eat mice if they can get a hold of a mouse you know this is pretty typical for most i didn't know that find that most animals even though you might call them Herbivores are actually omnivores. Any animal that's out there trying to survive well, like, is going to eat whatever meal it can, it can get. It's <laughs> like saying, "Well, you know, uh, these are these are um, meat-free chicken. These these chickens don't eat meat." It's like, what's a bug? Bugs fucking meat, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to keep that chicken from eating that bug. Yeah. <laughs> I think they just mean that they don't feed them other chickens because that's a big practice in like oh, yeah. the poultry well, industry. Give- is like. They'll just process and process a lot of the um, well, male chicks fed, that's how they into fed cows. fucking feed. Yeah. That's how they fed cows for years. Well, that's what that's what caused my cow disease. Yeah, I was living in Europe then. I can't yeah. give blood to this day because I was exposed to mad cow while I lived in Europe in 88. Really? Starting yeah. in 1988. Well, that's what happens when you go around consuming brain matter. Of a, and that was the problem. They, you know, they were... They just grind up the whole cow and... Grind pill- up the whole cow. Pellet, pelletize and then, it. And yeah, and they would, you know... Get, uh, you know, get this uh, infection from the brain, and it would consume it, and that's what started the life cycle all over again. It's a similar infection to like toxoplasmosis or anything like that. Um, know how we got so far off of uh, suicide <laughs> to toxoplasmosis, but that's okay. Um, Toxic plasmosis. Toxoplasmosis. Toxo. Wow. Yeah, dude, that's a wild disease. What is it? Tell me more about it. Um, toxoplasmosis affects Excuse rat me. brains. It breeds in the digestive tract of cats. That's why they're always telling pregnant women to be careful. Um, okay. Around cats is because of toxoplasmosis. So, is this that affects the brain? Yes, it affects the brain of the rat, not the brain of the cat. Okay? okay, but there's a guy on Joe Rogan who was talking about that they think that there is a epidemic of, and I think he said that's what it was, because there are feral cats in all the inner cities, and the little kids are out playing in these lots. Oh, what? And they're getting they're. They're play, they end up touching that, the feces, uh-huh. and it affects them, and it causes learning disabilities. Yeah, toxoplasmosis causes all sorts of different issues in the brain. It causes humans to... Um, and there's no cure. ...exhibit more risk-taking behavior, and um, m- to be more uh, aggressive, and, uh, and... And no cure. And no cure. 
Yeah. It's it's a strange thing. So like it actually when it's active in the brains of the rats, it makes them sexually attracted to the smell of cat urine. So um, a rat will think like, oh God, and get a big old rat boner and go running towards the smell of cat urine. And this is something that the organism has done independent of the cat or the rat to complete the life cycle. That's the strangest thing about it, is that it's essentially like this small organism causing um, causing a strange mind control situation. I wonder if that's why some people can live in cat pee and other people can't. Yeah. <laughs> the weird little fucking parasite, man. And it fucking... Yeah, it's so strange. Um, there's other ones. There's one that... If, I don't know. I have nothing about this. I've just seen videos of the one that affects um, like grasshoppers and makes them like go up and... I think that one's a fungus because it makes them go up to like a high point and like it might have been like a cordyceps one of the different cordyceps but cordyceps do that too where they'll like eventually like get control of the nervous system of the bug get it to climb up to a high place and then the mushrooms will actually fruit out of the body of the insect and release their spores out into the air up somewhere high wow Yeah, the, you know, the symbiosis that exists in this world, you know, we, we miss so much of it, they, whether it's good or bad. We don't look at the symbiosis that, you know, the symbiotic lifestyles that we have between us and nature. Like I said, good or bad, you know, we, we miss all that shit, you know? Huh. Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, it's strange to note that we think we know a lot about what's going on and i've had this you know we've had kind of similar conversations to this before but um oh we have such an infinitesimally small sliver of the known universe that we've anybody's had any real experience with that infinitesimally small let's call it like a ten thousandth of a percent and even it's significantly less than that we just on this planet our biologists our scientists have only experienced and cataloged less than one percent of the life on planet earth which yeah. is strange to think about. Yeah. Because, I mean, things go extinct every day, you know? Oh, yeah. New species are developed or... Uh-huh. This is all a large endosymbiotic system in flux. We're just watching it pass by. We tend to think that it's static, and it never is. Yeah. You know, the illusion is that, it, that it's static when you look at it. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. 
We just aren't very good at looking. We miss a lot, that's for sure. Well, it's like I, you know, I working on the phones. You'll, I'll be talking to customers and I'll say something to them, and and it's a two-way street, frankly. I mean, something happens and you lose track of what the customer's saying, or they just completely have this idea that they want something to happen. Like I had a guy on the phone. He was 19, and his he was doing an internship, and he was being paid by wire transfer. Mm-hmm. So the company he's working for was sending him was wiring money into his account. Yeah. Instead of doing a direct deposit, for that's whatever reason. Weird. So we charge him fifteen bucks because that's the fee it's for the fee for a wire transfer, wire transfer yeah. incoming wire transfer. And he's like, "Well, there's other banks out there that won't do this." So I'm, I'm going to go to another bank. And I said, okay, well, i got to transfer you now. 19-year-old kid, he's already learned to manipulate corporations into trying to get what he wants. Good. You know? <laughs> but that's part of the problem, you know? It's like, can't you find another way? Why don't you talk to the people who are paying you and find another way for them to pay you? How much is it going to cost them to mail you a check? All right. I don't know. I wouldn't do it either. I, I dumped my bank when they told me some such stuff. Like, eh, you want to charge me to process the money you can, i'll go somewhere else well i really just wanted to say to him, okay well I, but i'm not allowed to do that no sure so should have been like you couldn't just tell him well why don't you just ask your employer to pay direct deposit into your account i asked him that he says they don't do that huh okay oh well i'm like i was kind of i was thinking well what kind of internship is that is that you know are you muscle for the uh, for a he's a fluffer <laughs> He's a fluffer. <laughs> Are you the muscle for the for the uh, uh, for the um, local? Fly down to Pasadena and fucking muscle up like six dicks. Yeah. Fly home. <laughs> I was thinking of the loan shark. You know, yeah. Yeah. The right. muscle for the loan shark. Right. And they only they only send you this much money into your account because nobody notices or pays attention. You know. Right. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. But it's. Yeah, I. I, You know, I. I guess I. I really hope that we can reach people, though. I mean, if people start listening to these, I think we got a second listen on one of them. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like I think somebody other than me. Other than me, listen to it. Yeah. There you go. Um, and I gotta. I gotta find out how to change it because it shows under my name and it's just you and I. So I gotta fix that, you know, somehow to do this right. But um, and it's just my. My in-app brain for technology, which I've got to just say, it's not that hard to figure out. Just fucking figure it out, Bob. But I really hope that we can find hope people, not just a perspective change, but just an opportunity to learn new perspective. Something. You don't have I to mean, change your mind. Know, it's just like I love listening to people break apart ideas that I'm interested yeah. in just purely because it's a new perspective. Yeah. Uh, just break apart ideas and say, oh, this is worth my time, even if it's not worth your time. I mean, how much time do you waste every day just playing games on your phone when you can and listen to YouTube videos? Well, you can listen to our podcast and play Star Wars Heroes. <laughs> we won't, we don't, I don't mind. Huh? I, don't, I don't mind at all. <laughs> well, all right, so, Bob. This is uh, Jordan and... Uh, this is Bob. This is Bob, and we're here at Boise Tattoo Company in Boise, Idaho, and... You've sat with us through uh, another Friday evening. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you learned something. We uh, 
we enjoy our conversations. Yeah, we hope you guys did too. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.